You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. This is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast. I have Justin Lindblad. Uh, she's a yoga teacher, and she also uh, practices this unusual type of yoga, I think unusual, uh, called Velo Slackline Yoga. And she was featured in the Wall Street Journal earlier this year. Uh, they talked about her as a woman walking on air. And I've seen slacklining. It's, uh, you know, my description won't be very good of it, but it's, a, it, it's, it's what you'd see probably in a circus, you would think. You know, a person walking on a on a string, so it looks like they're walking on air. Looks very difficult, but really cool. Maybe frightening, but uh, we're here to hear about it. So, Dustin, thanks for being here. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So, how did you first get interested in, in doing such a thing, slacklining? Oh, great. Yeah. I. Um, that's a great question. Um, I guess my for decades I've been interested in movement and I practiced yoga for quite a while, many years, and I was also um, interested with acrobatics and I did acro yoga and I had many friends within um, that that sector and I some of my friends uh, also practiced slacklining and I became introduced to it that way and I found it to be a wonderful activity to um, help build up my strength and balance and endurance. And because I was naturally flexible from my yoga practice, that helped tremendously too. But uh, I just found it to be a wonderful complement to my practice. And I can also uh, talk a little bit more about what slacklining is, if, if you'd like. Yeah, go ahead. What's your definition of it? For me, it, it looks like you string a string between you know, like two trees and climb <laughs> yeah. up and walk along it. But what is it? Sure. Um, yeah, basically, in, in essence, slacklining consists of stretching usually a one inch or two inch wide piece of webbing between two anchor points. Um, oftentimes that is trees, but it can be X frames. It can be really any type of stable, upright, vertical, uh, structural piece. And then what happens is the webbing is suspended within the air and the tension can be adjusted to suit the user. And uh, you can 
then be on top of the slack line and pass through various movements upon the webbing. And usually people identify slacklining with uh, standing and walking, but my particular practice uh, includes sitting, kneeling, laying down, uh, and even backbends, in addition, of course, to standing and walking. So it encompasses a, a wide gamut of movement activities on the slack line, which is great. And um, I guess I'd like to talk a little bit uh, about, or talk also to the point that you were saying that some people can view slacklining as a circus type of activity or of a kind of an extreme sport. And I guess it can be, you know, a lot of times people think of highlining or tricklining, which is also within the family of, of uh, moving upon webbing. But my particular practice, because my background is from yoga, um, I approach the line and pass through a series of asanas or yoga poses. Uh, but however, I'd, I'd really like to point out that exercising on the slack line, can it also occupies a prominent place just within the fitness world in general, and it's available to all audiences at all levels. Um, you can, if, if you view it from a more athletic perspective, you could perhaps the asanas, which are poses within yoga, you could call them by different types of terms. You could call them progressions or drills. And many of the movements I do can also be regarded as almost calisthenic in nature. Um, I also do sit-ups on a slack line, side planks and squats, for example. Um, however, what I would like to do also is kind of back up a little bit because the way I was speaking about it, it might sound kind of advanced, but even beginners can start. And you, uh, when a beginner starts, you just have the line be very close to the ground and the anchor points close together. And then as you will advance through your practice, you can always make things more challenging or more intensified by um, increasing the height of the slack line from the ground or increasing the distance that happens between the anchors. And so that it is, again, like I said, ways to just constantly elevate the practice and um, bring your, right. uh, your, yeah, <laughs> which is well, a wonderful what, thing about it. What attracted you to do it in the first place? How'd you get the idea? Um, well, I think, as I mentioned before, um, I had a couple friends who were were slacklining and I was just very fortunate with that because I hadn't I hadn't heard of it before I wasn't familiar and uh, my friends were were doing it and, and we were doing acrobatics and then sometimes they would take breaks from the acrobatics and put up a slack line and jump on the slack line and start doing some moves and walking around and uh those the particular friends I had were also fortunately again for me um, interested in in yoga so therefore I became exposed to doing yoga on a slack line and which was great and um, so that that's how I came to and then I it just it just was really appealing to me it became a big part of my practice and oh, I guess another reason why too that I guess I'm leaving out of it is that um, when I was doing acrobatics I did have a pretty severe accident at one point and um, which I won't go into in this conversation but in the um, aftermath both of my wrists were broken simultaneously and I therefore was not able to do a lot of the arm balances and handstand practice that I was um, that was a big part of my exercise regime and so slacklining had a really uh, strong appeal for me because I could sit on the line, I could walk on the line, and I could do activities that really 
um, kept me moving and challenged me with my balance, but I didn't have to put weight on my hands or my wrists during the time that I was healing. So that also too, it's just fate as fate may have it. That was, uh, in my story, a way how I came to slacklining and began to spend a tremendous amount of my time on the line where previously I might've actually been on my hands. <laughs> I was going to joke and say like, were you and your friends considered a bunch of slackers? Oh, this is a great, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes. <laughs> a lot of people, um, that, that is a, a term that's used a lot. And, but I, I would say that, um, what slacklining is one of the most intense activities that I, I believe that one can do. And it's, um, it's very, very challenging. So, but it's, it also at the same time requires, um, I don't want to say a rela relaxation, but you have to be able to relax the body. And, you know, I guess slacking, it's almost like a pun in a certain sense. Slacking in a certain sense can be a release of tension. And I'd like to use it in a positive way, as opposed to some of the negative connotations that are always bounced around. Um, it's With slacklining, one of the most important things is a focus on awareness of the breath and keeping your breath smooth and monitoring responses to your stress. And so if, uh, you know, oftentimes there's a real tendency to make a large response to an imbalance. So if you are able to use your breath and take your breath, um, again, relaxing the body, you're able to slow your movements down. And um, oftentimes you can stay on the line more successfully than if you overreact, move quickly, because those quick movements can often pop you right off the line. So I guess kind of trying to bring it back to, um, sure, if you want to, I'd like to kind of make, make a new interpretation of the word slacker as uh, just a relaxation of, uh, or I'm going to say a relaxation of the body or taking a, a breath and pausing before, but using it in a more, much more of a positive uh, connotation. Well, if you are not relaxed and if you fight yes. I don't know if you call it that, but I would be, I would bet if you fight the line and the motion and all that, it makes it impossible to do. Well, it does because it's, it's like that for, um, you know, one of the key teachings of the line is that instead of making large physical movements, you know, as I was stating before, if you learn to take a breath first, you know, then oftentimes you'll realize in the course while you're taking that breath, that that large corrective movement isn't needed to find that balance and the breath becomes enough. So on the line, you know, the breath becomes like the most important tool you have is there's an immediate connection from the brain to the body. And it helps you really control those movements and uh, find that, regain that balance, if that makes sense. I gotcha. Um, I guess it helps you not oversteer, you know, in, in many situations, emotional yeah. situations, physical situations, et cetera. Exactly. It, it really is true because, and that's um, actually one of the, uh, it's, as I just say, it's a powerful realization because when you, you feel that imbalance, you take a breath and you make a small movement. And then the sooner you can bring the breath back in, the balance is found. And that's a skill that I use constantly, you know, upon the line. And um, over the several years, you know, my practice, I've definitely noticed it manifesting in, manifesting within other aspects of my life also. Um, it's, I guess I would say pausing and using the breath is one of the key components of developing a, just a language for slacklining and then creating that whole physical literacy and movement within the body. And I can talk a little bit more, you know, about that if you'd like, or. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm thinking as you're talking, I think 
I mean, you could say you have to start from a place of balance and you have to stay close to that place of balance the whole time. Otherwise, you can't stay up there. You can't even get on there. Mm-hmm. I guess it is. It does have a lot of lessons for a lot of other things in life. Well, it really does because, I mean, one of the key things that I, I just love to do is, is try to stand very, very still. To stand very still on a slack line is incredibly challenging because what will happen is you'll realize, of course, that the slack line is, is a closed system. So basically the only thing that's moving on that line is you and the line will respond to you. And if you move, it's going to move. You move quickly, it's going to move quickly and possibly toss you right off. So the goal is to really be present on the line and just to maintain your stillness as much as possible and help you focus inward. And that way you, you know, don't re- overreact to imbalances because, of course, as we just were discussing, you know, every movement you make in one direction, you're then going to have to correct in the other direction to regain that balance. And kind of circling back, the, the goal for me, at least, is to really use the breath as the source of movement for the balance. And, um, yeah, it's, it's great. And it really begins to build, uh, the, like I was trying to get at before, a bit of physical you know, literacy within the body and a way of moving. And, of course, everything we're just talking about, you know, it can work as metaphors for other, other places and times within our lives, too. And, um, yeah, which, which is great. <laughs> so what, uh, what would you say the benefits of slacklining are above and beyond doing yoga on the ground normally? Sure. Um, well, it's, it's kind of, it's basically what I was kind of just getting at, you know, with um, that ability to pause and that ability to take that breath and that ability to not overreact. Um, again, because on a slack line, you're going to pop right off. So I have, um, over time, you know, I've been slacklining for um, almost four years now. And I am really confident that my overall sense of balance you know, has dramatically increased since before I began slacklining. Uh, my yoga practice was amazing. You say about the difference between the yoga and slackline. My yoga practice was wonderful and I really enjoyed it. But slacklining, it took, really took it to a whole other level because my you know, yoga mat, which was a, just a regular yoga mat, all of a sudden it became one inch wide. You know, which is like the the width of the webbing, and so everything becomes, as I was saying, um, exponentially more challenging, and you have to start to move much more slowly. So, uh, transient kind of the the biggest advantages is, as I was um, kind of getting back to, is I I really feel my overall sense of balance. You know, within moving through just my life, it has uh, dramatic has really um, the sense of balance has dramatically increased and. I started to notice it actually, uh, maybe the second year of the practice, just will be like a tangible example. Uh, other than New York City, and on the subway cars, you know, jolts on a subway car, you know, people jumping in front of me while I'm walking it, walking, and then breaks in the pavement, and I, I began to notice, wow, you know, I'm reacting a little bit differently. I'm really, uh, you know, have a, a stronger sense of awareness of where I am in space and how to avoid you know, possible, um, just collision or something like that. And it's, it really, it's, it's wonderful. I just, like I said, began to realize that I was much better equipped to navigate through these situations. Um, uh, my core had become much more solid and just my, I became more secure within my footing. I mean, these are kind of just like little tangible things I'm throwing out, but I really, I really began to notice that. 
And again, also I come back to the breath and just, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, my, my approach toward working through situations um, that are challenging. I, you know, had that not too much, I mean, excuse me, not too long, but maybe that extra split second, which to pause and think about it, which sometimes can really mean the difference in the outcome of the situation. And I think the slack lining yeah, helped me, you know, with all of that. So what uh, do you, you teach other people specifically to do slack lining and what's their experience? I do. I do. Um, it's, it's different it, uh, for each student because each student, of course, comes with their own background and their own types of ability, movement and aptitude and their interests. And I guess, again, I kind of like to circle back to, um, you know, my background is in yoga. So a lot of times uh, the students will want to specifically learn yoga uh, poses or yoga asanas, but there are also uh, students who are from more of an athletic background who want to learn things which are a bit more calisthenic. And as I was mentioning before, I um, I do sit ups, I do things which are uh, kneeling, pointers, I do squats, uh, side planks. So I kind of tailor it to what the student uh, would like to learn and their goals, because cycling is very versatile. It's uh, and it's not really as, as esoteric, I think, and um, what's the word, uh, fantastical? Like I said, because some people, do, they always come like, oh, you, you know, are you in a circus? And it's like, no, this can really just be a, a, a very normal activity for people. And I think that that's one thing that I would, with this podcast too, I'd love to tell people is it's, it's very accessible if you just spend some time and um, you have the desire to do it. It's... Uh, it's it's a great activity, and again, it just it really spend the time. You could it's really accessible. Um, do you wear shoes when you do it, or you go barefoot? I mean, is there a better way to do it versus others? Um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that there's one way that's better than the other because again, people are always different. A lot of people do prefer to be barefoot, and I completely understand that because then your foot is really feeling the line of your and. Um, it, all the nuances. Um, I myself use uh, martial arts shoes. They're very thin little shoes that I get in Chinatown. And, you know, it's, uh, it actually was out of necessity. Again, I live in New York City and I was, um, I slacklined in here. And oftentimes there might be little things on the ground, glass and bottle caps and stuff. So I use uh, the little shoes, but they're very, very flexible. And I would, um, you know, encourage either one of those barefoot or uh, martial arts shoes. I think that stiff shoes would be very, very challenging because you just can't move your foot enough. And as you start to progress and do more advanced moves, especially when you're squatting or you're actually starting to do, um, you know, 180 and 360 turns on the slack line. For me, it's very important to really be able to feel the nuances of my different parts of my feet on the line, whether it's the heel, whether it's the ball of my foot. And uh, also too, I've recently um, been experimenting with really going up on my toes a lot. And again, that I find is, is very, um, you really need to have a flex, a flexible shoe for barefoot. Have you ever seen the video of, I forget his name, but it was like the 1970s. He Slack lined across uh, the twin towers. Petite, yes, yes, yeah. That's um, yeah, akin to uh, to highlining, which is a, another part of the sport, but it is very different from what I do. But uh, yeah, a lot of people think uh, definitely begin to think about uh, petite when the to, uh, in, within the conversation of slacklining. 
But did I'm you ever use that uh, that okay. wand? That, did you ever use that wand he had, or that cross member that you? No, hold? no, I don't. I don't use anything at all. I just, uh, I just use my hands and my arms. And actually, you, um, a lot of times when I'm challenging myself, I try to remove my arms from the practice. And what I mean by that is that I'll, you know, clasp my uh, hands in front of me, or I'll clasp my hands behind me or over my head. And what that does is it, uh, of course, decreases, um, I can't, then I can't use my arms for balance and it makes it more challenging because of course, when your arms are straight out and your leg and you look like a bit like a starfish, that would be, of course, one of the easiest poses to balance while standing. But um, when you bring your uh, body more, your limbs more compact, it becomes a lot more challenging. And I, I tend to like to do that. So that's, that's something I like to do. <laughs> and, uh, what's next for your practice? I mean, have you thought about setting up maybe like a webbing of several different slack lines that cross at different angles and you could walk around the webbing or what, what else would you like to do with it? Oh, you know, that's, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, you know, that I could be open to doing things like that. I'm also always open to, to many things. I'm really interested in just progressing my really bringing more and more of my yoga practice to, to the line. Um, because I have also practiced, uh, Dharma yoga and Ashtanga yoga, which has a lot of I guess um, there are inversions and different types of twists. And uh, so, so anyway, I, I'd like to, I'm, I'm continuing to just push my, like I say, my yoga practice and, and uh, some things, like I said, with the inversions, I'm really enjoying. I do uh, shoulder stands where I balance my entire body just on one shoulder on the line, which is really exciting. And I would like to, begin to explore different transitions of moving in and out of that pose and also creating a flow, which can last up to say even maybe 30 minutes uh, with on the line, which builds a lot of quite a bit of endurance. And so that's, that's a goal. Okay. And and you, uh, are there different kinds of slack lines and different materials or thicknesses that you recommend for beginners or more advanced people? Um, to tell you the truth, my experience is mostly with the Yoga Slackers line, which I find to be a really wonderful uh, line. You can find it on Amazon um, or on the Yoga Slackers website, yogaslackers.com. And I think that that webbing is great for uh, for a beginner to start to work on. And it's also, they sell a small kit, which has tree protection and two anchors. And it's just really ready to go uh, for the beginner. And there are instructions with inside how to put it up, or you can find a video online and um it's also really easy to travel with so that's what i would recommend all right very good and what's the best way for people to find out more about you and if they're local to you in new york you know take lessons or come hang out and see what you do yeah um that's a i'm actually in the process of setting up uh, my website which would be up at the beginning of the year so that would be a really great way to um to contact me that would be justinlove.com and i also uh yeah, that's, that's actually would be the best way to <laughs> to contact me at this point. Okay, and then you see your name is Dustin Lindblad. How do you spell mm-hmm. it, just so people got it? It's Dustin, D-U-S-T-I-N. And the last name is Lindblad, L-I-N-D-B-L-A-D. Okay, great. So that's where your website will be? Yeah, it's DustinLindblad.com. 
And hope, it might even be up within the next month. We'll see. <laughs> I actually, um, Richard, I actually had another thing that I was I was thinking about that I, if it all, if we have another minute or two, I kind of like to go back to because you're saying as the, with the question of um, one of the best the benefits about of slacklining that has kind of sure. moved. Sure. Go ahead. Life. Yeah. Um, I think it, it also it comes from my background in yoga. And within yoga, you know, anyone who's ever taken a yoga class knows that when you do each pose, you do it on each side of the body. You know, first you do it on one side and then on the other. And I've taken that to my practice of slacklining. So whatever type of pose I'm working on on the slackline, whether it's a different type of backbend, whether it's a twist, whether it's kneeling, whatever it is, a a sit start, um, I will practice it on one side and then on the other. And I really, with my goal of building uh, an ambipedal strength, which is like having the strength and on both sides or with both feet, basically. And because a lot of times with, when you talk to someone about who is in sports, say gymnastics or soccer, there's a prioritization upon a dominant side. And, you know, one side being the stronger side to do a certain move or to do a certain type of, um, you know, activity. And so one of the most beautiful things that I've found with slacklining is the ability to just explore and practice these movements on both sides of the body. And with my goal of being able to find the balance uh, symmetrically for both sides, which I think is just a really, a really healthy approach and outlook toward fitness. I would think with balance comes strength and stability, but um, that makes more sense to me. Yeah, it's, it's true. You know, that that's really, really true. I mean, the, the, Slackline is a wonderful way to build the balance, the strength, and endurance and flexibility. And it's funny because I've had people um, ask me, you know, is the longer that you do a certain activity on the slack line, say you're standing or you're walking, the question is, or the comment is that they believe that there might be less strength becomes required as more technique you know, becomes achieved. The higher your technique, then the less strength and you just keep relying more and more on the technique. And I think that, you know, that that can be true and it's correct, but only if the variables don't change. Because one of the, you know, really beautiful things about slacklining is that as soon as one move becomes very accessible, all you have to do to intensify the challenge is to increase the height of the line off the ground. And I mean, you know, basically just make it a little bit higher or make your line a little bit longer. And automatically, this instantaneously results in a difference in tension, and it creates a very new exercise, you know, with very new demands on the body, which then pushes you back into what we were talking about before, building that strength again, in addition to the balance. Uh, so it's, it's a great loop. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Dustin, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's been a good call. Great. Yeah. I thank you very much for having me. I really enjoy speaking with you. This has been great. You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, 
medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. Thank you.